wrote this shit is a comedy podcast where three friends talk about bad books. Opinions are subjective, but if we hurt anyone's feelings, we apologize in advance. Also, there are times where we talk about graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hold on. I hate you so much. I hate you both so much. This is why I didn't want to dye my hair blue, but everyone picked this color after purple. Blue me- You're a blue meanie. Blue mayonnaise! <laughs> Do you get that reference? Okay. No. It's from the yellow submarine. <laughs> the blue mayonnaise. I just want to say for the record that I thought Peach would look really cute. I don't think it would look good with my complexion. Like pastel colors, those light colors do not look good on me because of how fucking pale I am. I'm going to show you what a blue meanie is. Okay. <laughs> and, well, hopes to be met. You should Hello. share your screen. Welcome. <laughs> share your screen. Oh, my God. Oh, how? Uh, double click. Yeah, okay. Share. Yeah, right there, right there. Here. Start sharing. Do you see that? Do you see? Wait. This. Oh my god. Blue Meanies from the Beatles uh, Yellow Submarine also, cartoon. It's a, it's, a, it's a mushroom that you trip on, which makes a lot of sense. Okay. Are you guys ready to do this? Yeah. 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 Let me. Uh, okay. You got it out of your system? It's out. It's out. I swear you got you guys break out in that song. But I'm changing your anymore. name in my phone to Blue Meanie. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I hate you, Hope, with the burning intensity of a billion suns. I love you, Aaron. <laughs> okay. Uh Welcome to Who Wrote This Shit, where we usually read bad books, <laughs> bad books so that you don't have to. It's been a long time. Mm. Have you guys been? Just kidding. It, you, we don't need to know. Let's it's not fine. get um, into that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so this week, however, we wanted to review something that... I think is extremely important and I think that you too think is extremely important and it struck a chord with all of us um so before we go into what we're talking about I'm Erin the blue meanie mm-hmm. <laughs> you continue you guys not gonna introduce yourselves oh yeah I'm hope chronically single <laughs> Wow. Uh, I am Juniper. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What a what an introduction. Um So this week we were supposed to be reviewing the handbook for mortals. Um that book was so boring that none of us really wanted to record the episode, so we kept putting it off. Cause it was so boring. <laughs> Uh, and there was just no point in talking about it because there was nothing to talk about. And if you want a really good review, there's a, I don't remember who the YouTuber is, but <coughs> he titled his video, um... <laughs> Sorry, I just choked. <laughs> My mouth was so dry. It was so dry. I just brushed my um, teeth. It was dry. Felt really uh like thick. Everything was thick. My words were coming out weird. <clears throat> anyway, you want a good review? Look up the YouTube video, a uh, handbook for morons. Um, he does a great review on it. So we decided this week <laughs> to. Review Bo Burnham's newest special called Inside, which is on Netflix. And it is his most recent special since his last one, which was called Make Happy. Um, and we know this isn't a book. Uh, it's much better than a book. It is an emotional journey that kind of just takes you through what everybody kind of went through in 2020 pandemic and uh, we believe it is an important conversation to have because it deals with mental health, um, isolation, the cost of making uh, a movie by yourself and if you've worked in production or taken some production classes you know how much fucking work that is. But I'm also really excited to talk about that part. But before we go, we do anything. Uh, Hope, who is Bo Burnham? Bo Burnham. He started on YouTube around 2007 posting silly songs for his friends. And then he went viral when viral was a real thing. And I guess not just like a TikTok thing, which is a real thing. To Remember be when fair. things... Yeah, you remember when viral was like a video went viral like in early two thousands, and it was viral because everybody had heard of it and seen of it. Yeah, and seen it. <clears throat> and knew exactly yeah. what you were talking about. Think like Rebecca Black Friday, kind of viral. Remember, um, uh, uh, what was that YouTube video? Where the kid was like, he bit my finger, Charlie. Charlie bit my finger. Charlie, ow, ow, Charlie. And it's been like 15 years, at least 15 years since that video's gone viral. And you tell, ask anybody, and you reference that video. Everybody's going to know what you're talking about. Yeah, or... Like the, what was it, a chipmunk or something that just looked really serious all of a sudden? Yeah. 
Or the sneezing panda. Sneezing panda. Oh my god. Everybody loved that video. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. Or the right. Star uh, Wars kid. Candy Mountain. Candy kid? Mountain. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie, we need to go to Candy Mountain. Charlie. And then at the end, he was like, oh, fuck, they took my kidneys. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Candy Mountain Charlie. There was, like, a whole series with that, too, where they just ended yeah. up, like, taking, like, almost every organ from him yeah. in every video. It was great. What about uh, lettuce fingers? Lettuce fingers. Oh, no. Salad fingers. Salad fingers. I know, but Salad no. Fingers, yeah. No, you don't. You don't like mm -hmm. salad. Pans? I want rusty. Absolutely spoons. fucking not. I like touching the rusty spoons. <laughs> ah. The like voice freaked the me out. Way it feels on my I remember how it should have ended. <laughs> Do you guys remember how it should have ended? The I, cartoons that took movies and then made mo the cartoons about how they should... They're still doing that. Uh, I should look them up because they're always really good. Um, what about Numa Numa? Like, I'm going, like, when we were in seventh grade. Numa Numa. Numa Numa. Numa. And then Llama Llama. Yes. Have you ever seen a llama kiss a llama on the llama? Fama llama llama llama. llama, llama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like grapes, grapes. The duck song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I said, oh, "Have any grapes?" <laughs> <laughs> like that is true virality. You know what I mean? Like that is when viral was a was actually a thing versus now where everyone says something has gone viral and I'm like I never heard of that I don't know what you're talking about yeah anyway, things, we're getting off topic things can get like millions of views nowadays and mm -hmm. it's not I won't know about it until it's in the news or something yeah Anyway, so he went early 2000s viral, and then he signed a four-year contract with Comedy Central when he was around 16 or 17 years old. He was probably already like 6, 7 at that point. He's really tall. Um, He's 6'5". Oh, well, you know. He's still fucking tall. Yeah, that's still tall. Um, so his specials, words, 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 make happy, and then the one that we're reviewing today. Um, make happy was his last uh, special, because he kind of quit after that, because he had anxiety issues and attacks on stage, um, and like on the way to performances and stuff. So, uh, he stopped for, like, five years, and then he was about to go out and perform again, and then COVID happened, so he made Inside. He sure did hope. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Are you a newscaster? You really did. Thank you. And on to inside. <laughs> okay, the reason why this is so different from other comedy specials is because he wrote it, directed it, lighted it, edited it, shot it, wrote all the music, uh, the lining. Like, he literally did everything in this by himself. In this one space. And it almost made him go crazy. Slash. Eh. It kind of, a little bit it did. It was a little bit crazy. Was he isolated the whole time? But, I'm assuming so. Yeah. Well, I think For that's like, I don't know. I don't, I think he, I, I know that's like a house like on his property. So I think he just like went through to like record and stuff and like work. But I think he was able to, like, leave it when he was done working and then just kind of, like, go to his house. Yeah, I don't um, know. Yo, was that great stomping video <laughs> where that woman fell on her face? Oh! <laughs> and then she made... she goes, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then it just, it switches back to the newscasters and they're like, oh, God, we hope she's okay. Yeah, quick recovery. And they're laughing their asses yeah. off. Oh, man. That's I'm pretty sure she actually like, sh broke bones, too. How I don't understand how she fell, because well, I've watched it multiple times, and she every was, time I'm like... She was stomping. She was stomping, and then, she, and then she, like, slipped, and she was going forward, and all of a sudden you hear her go, oh, 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 and then she, like, falls out of frame. <laughs> You just keep hearing that sound out of frame, and it's like, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people got a so lot of joy funny. from her pain. So that's yeah. what virality will do to you, grapist. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. These are so old. From Wasn't that like... You feel so... So that was from, like, uh, college. Yeah, or something. What is that thing called? Uh, college comedy or something? Uh, college, college humor. College humor, yeah. Wow, I just can't, like... <laughs> I'm almost... <laughs> I'm almost there every time, but I just fall, like, an inch short of the finish line. Like, I just can't get there. <laughs> So the first song is called Content. <laughs> and basically this song is about uh, the pressure that fans put on content creators to keep pumping out all of the videos and uh, content basically for their amusement and they don't really think about uh, the actual content creator and how they have to come up with this and it um, emotionally and creatively drains them uh, and they do mm -hmm. this all for us. So that's yeah, basically... He, he says yeah. A, yeah, he says a line in where he's like, I made you some content, daddy made your favorite open wide. Yeah. Where it's like, look, I made your content... I'm, like, one of your favorite content creators, so you're just going to, like, absorb whatever I put out there, whether it's, like, good or bad. Like, it's mm -hmm. it's just entertainment for you in that moment. 
Yeah. I've yeah. been listening to this album so. nonstop. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the third one is, third, oh my god, second one. (laughs) (laughs) The second one is comedy. I think, you guys have any It's kind of like, (laughs) it's like making fun of uh, comedians who think that, who have like the sense of self-importance. Yeah. Where they're like, I feel good about what I'm doing because I'm Making... saving the world with comedy. Ooh. And I'm like bringing these issues to the forefront. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, he's uh, literally saving the world metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it's, it's just kind of like me making fun of the way uh, some people put like, a sense of self-importance into what they do when really it's like you're giving a little levity in the moment but you're not really making the world better like in the long run it's more like in this moment yes my world my world is a little bit better but once this is done someone a chuckle yeah uh the third one is facetime with my mom tonight and, uh, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's, it's how pretty much all of us have experienced FaceTime with our family members. And it was, like, the only form of communication we had with people, like, in the pandemic was, like, FaceTiming. And it just stresses you out because it's, like, there's always one person that doesn't know how it works. Yeah. So it's, like, they're, like... You know, their phone's, like, here. And it's, like, it doesn't Uh, need to be there. (laughs) Yeah. And then someone's a potato, and they don't know how to stop being a potato. And Yeah. That was a pretty short song, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. The next song was How the World Works. This this one was... Sock Puppet. That one hit hard, not gonna lie, (laughs) because it was very poignant Mm -hmm. at this point in time, because the sock, (laughs) the sock puppet, uh, tells the person who's puppeteering him that he shouldn't have to do the work to, uh, get him to To self-act. Yeah, to self-actualize about the situation. And then the person puppeteering was like, no, you're going to do what I say. It's like when he was puppeteering the sock. And then it's like when the sock was saying, it's not my responsibility to teach you why this is like real or anything. And it's like once that conversation turned to something uncomfortable for the person that's puppeteering, he like made the sock conform to what he wanted it's like back to being in like a sock like well you, here's you can't just say what you want to say like you have to say what i want you to say here's what it reminded me of it mm-hmm. reminded me of white people trying to get educated about problems in the world from the people mm-hmm. 
that those problems are affecting. So, like, Black Lives Matter, white people walking up to their uh, black friends and saying, hey, educate me. I want to be educated about this. And the black friends being like, I am way too fucking exhausted emotionally and physically from everything going on to have to take the time out of my day to teach you just because you're too lazy to Google this shit. Yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me too. It's like, you're saying that you want to learn, but you're not putting forth the effort yourself to learn. Yeah, yeah. Like, and there was like, I don't know, I was listening to a podcast, and one of the podcasters was like, yeah, I got um, an African-American teacher to like teach me about the history of like, what African-Americans have been going through and to teach me, like, significance of, like, different things and stuff like that. And I was like, um, why do you need a teacher? I just asked myself, like, why do you need someone to teach you when it's... I mean, the information's out there. If you take the time to, The information is readily available for anyone who's willing to go searching for it. Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, putting that, like, putting um, that burden on the people who are struggling in the moment, like, yeah. they're already trying to stay afloat in a big, huge fucking mess in a country where institutionalized racism has been a thing since the dawn of the country and statehood. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that white people are like watching these people struggling it's like walking up to someone struggling in a pool just like trying to stay afloat and walking up to them and being like can you teach me how to swim (laughs) yeah like no do it on your own time I'm trying to do this right now (laughs) Can't you see? I'm exhausted physically from this. I don't have time to teach you how to swim. Yeah, and then uh, at the end, he rips the sock puppet off anyway. So. Yeah. And the they noises keep... that the noises were terrifying. I so I watched a part of it. Um, before I listen, so I watched like the first 30 minutes, which is like the first three songs, because like each song you kind of like see how he's like editing some videos and he's like setting up lights and stuff and he kind of gives you like an update on where he's at mentally, you know? And so I think I stopped after like FaceTime with my mom and then I listened to the album at work and then I was very confused about how the world works because I didn't know it was like a sock puppet so when it was like making those sounds I was like what what (laughs) What is going on here so yeah it was just very very strange uh the next song is probably the most catchy song 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't really want to say that, but it gets stuck in my head every single time I hear it or think about it or read the words. Or you watch the video. White woman. Because I've watched the video so many. Yeah, I watched the video so many times that when I listen to the song, it plays in my head now. And can I just yeah. say, Bo Burnham makes a much better, prettier white woman than like any other white woman I've seen on Instagram. He makes like, a pretty good one. Definitely. Like his, has he hits the poses. A really good Instagram presence. Well, and I know that like white people can be like pretty sensitive when you're pointing out their generalities and stuff, but my favorite videos so far in response to this particular song have been white women going through their Instagram and showing the and pictures finding. he puts on there and then comparing them to the exact same ones that they yeah. have on their Instagram. It's hilarious. I, I think- never post on Instagram, so... Yeah. All my Instagram pictures are of my cats, and there's one picture of me wrapped up in a burrito blanket. Yeah. I think that's it. Yep. But I really, I liked the song. I liked the the bridge, the middle part, because it's when she's talking about um, her mom. In a lot of reaction videos I watched, they really missed the part where when she starts talking about her mom the aspect ratio on the screen like widens so you have the superficiality of the Instagram screen right and then when she starts becoming more human and like opening up more like the aspect ratio of the screen like widens to give her like that space to just be like a person and then when she's going back to talking about like how well her life is going and stuff, the aspect ratio slowly, like, pushes in, and then it goes back to the superficiality that is Instagram. So it kind of, like, it it humanizes the white woman Instagram character. And I feel like a lot of reaction videos miss that because they're just so caught up in, one, it's a great fucking song, and two, it's a great fucking video. Like... But that part always seems to get, like, skipped. Because it, it's like with every other Bo Burnham song, there's there's something to, Layers. like... It's a real yeah. onion. It's a real, real onion. onion. Yeah. Jive. It's just like Shred. Yeah. <laughs> it's layers. It's like At least a, it doesn't... Like a onion heart or whatever that you get. Are you talking about No, I'm talking about the the onion that the the, the it, they cut it and it and it just goes oh, fried <sighs> onion. Yeah, but there's a name for it. An onion flower? I just I don't fucking know what it's called. I never get it. But that's what this is. <laughs> oh my god! It's an onion dipped in egg and then deep fried. And then you dip it in ranch, and it's fucking delicious. <laughs> if I ate eggs, I would eat it all the time. <laughs> Truer words. All right, speaking of onions, let's talk about interns. Okay. Whew. 
Interns. He's he's specifically talking about, like, unpaid interns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Basically, all interns are unpaid. Yeah. Where I I work, they they pay the minimum wage for them. I I don't know if that's being normalized everywhere else, but... At least Minimum where wage I in know. Idaho is seven twenty five an hour, right? I live in Washington. But in Washington, it's oh, like so is it thirteen dollars or something? Yeah, yeah, that's nice. It's almost. It's I mean, almost it's twice not a living much. wage by any way. Means. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many times I've been scrolling through, uh, like Indeed or um, LinkedIn or whatever, and I'll come mm-hmm. across an intern listing. It'll be like you must have five years experience. You must yeah. be willing to dedicate forty hours a week to plus overtime to this job. You must have a thousand other requirements, and then they're like, "You must be willing to work for free. This is a volunteer." And it's like, oh yeah, how do these people have the fucking balls? To ask that much of an intern. And also, like, how have we decided to normalize not paying people for work so that they get experience? Like, what the hell? I think the funniest thing is that he makes a reaction video of his reaction video of his reaction video. To this song, Enter. Yeah, my like, favorite upset. part is when he screams at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's like, okay, okay, we gotta stop. Stop. Okay, thank you um, for joining me here today. Uh, I will see you in the next video. And it's like, it's, uh, it's... I don't know how he recorded, like, filmed that. I keep playing it. And I still can't figure out how he did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it just reminds me of how um, how we have so many different jobs in America that pay so little, mm-hmm. but demand so much from well, you. Well, it demands so much, and then it's like, you should be willing to basically give us your soul and your life for like five dollars an hour basically like a stipend and um working 40 plus hours a week oh my god Um, and some ridiculous don't even get me started on the freaking americorps thing i will fucking talk about that for days well, well I was gonna like... I was gonna bring up the freaking GBI guys that I live with, which are AmeriCorps, but it's through GBI. AmeriCorps is 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 modern slavery for for white people. <laughs> it's like it's like anybody with enough privilege to have parents who can pay your way through an AmeriCorps uh, uh, contract, it's like the only way you can make it through. Which is ridiculous. Why why are we doing that to people? 
And why are we not giving opportunities to other people who would otherwise not be able to do it because of that? I don't... Because we want to keep the poor down. And mostly, and then, that's marginalized groups. You know what interns and AmeriCorps volunteers do? Like, not only do they get shit stipends so that people who don't already have a good nest egg to support them while they're working there can't work there to get the experience everyone says is necessary for these jobs. It means that places like the National Park Service, the Forest Service, any NGO that uses AmeriCorps volunteers are using those volunteers in place of paying a living wage to an actual employee. It's bad from the top down. It's terrible. Don't do it. We shouldn't support this shit. Well, and the management, the higher up management are getting paid a ridiculous amount compared to... The people that they're making Getting work like four dollars an hour, maybe. Yeah. Like the GBI crew. I've never looked um, into is working though. on the crew. It's terrible. <laughs> I don't understand why it's still around. Like it's still around because places like the National Park Service and NGOs would prefer to not have to pay employees to do the work. And then they have incentives like oh, you get so much uh, money back for your student loans or get money towards school. But, like, but, like you have you to can't suffer live. for an entire yeah. year for that, just for the experience everyone demands from people because you're not allowed to learn on the job anymore. You're not allowed to learn on the job. You know why? You know why? It's because the fucking... Baby boomers, first of all, won't die, won't retire, <laughs> refuse to give anyone jobs. <laughs> how and, dare, and, how dare people refuse no, to so die. Here's, here's what happened. Here's the timeline of shit that happened. So we have the 2007-2008 housing bubble bursts. We go into a major recession. Major recession. What happens when we go into that recession is that people who had like 8, 10, 15 years experience were getting kicked out of their jobs, laid off, fired, whatever, and then they'd have to pick up these uh, entry-level yeah, jobs. Entry-level jobs. Oh my god. <laughs> so, for these entry-level jobs that were normally going to people without the experience or at least just not as much experience, they were giving these entry-level jobs to people who had experience 8 years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years experience yeah. because they were all kicked out of their other jobs. And what happened because of the fucking baby boomers is that now you look at a job, a job listing and and the job listing is demanding for an entry-level position. I'm talking 30 grand a year, 40 grand a year, maybe. Nothing you could live on in, in L.A. Oh, my God, let me tell you. <laughs> nothing you could live on comfortably in, like, 
a big city kind of area. They're demanding that you have like five years experience, eight years experience for these entry level jobs. It makes no goddamn sense, but it's because of the recession that happened and the influx of the baby boomers. Okay, you're gonna And that's blow. why we can't get jobs. You're gonna blow up. That's a why we can't have nice things. My blood pressure went up yeah. there for a second. <laughs> Your face it's like would I was at the dentist. Rest. It's like I was at the dentist's office all over again. <laughs> okay, should we move on um, before your yeah. brain explodes from pure anger? Okay, okay. Yeah, so, um, baby boomers can suck a dick. Um, unless you listen to this podcast, we love you. <laughs> I don't think any baby boomers listening to this podcast. <laughs> They're like, baby boomers wouldn't listen. They'd be like, oh, what channel are they on? <laughs> Is They'd that the on the radio? they their phone up to their nose. <laughs> okay, now that we've alienated all the baby boomers yeah. that never listen mm-hmm. to this. And Gen Z, the Um, only people that are staying are the millennials. (laughs) Who are, like, now in their 40s. Like, how? I know, we're so old. Hey, Aaron, we're almost 30. (laughs) We're almost 30. Shut up. Don't tell me that. You know what I want? Yeah, in 20 more years. You know what? I want on my at exactly midnight on my birthday on my thirtieth birthday. I want the song Thirty by Bo Burnham immediately playing on my phone and just try and live another ten more years after that. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that song later on, but. That's what I want for my thirtieth so birthday. Is, uh, Bezos. Um, Bezos one, and it's just a yeah, song about capitalism and Jeffrey Bezos. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty it's, short. It's like on uh, par with uh his other famous song, his number one famous song, "A World a uh, World on Fire." Have you guys heard that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, fuck Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Yeah. Dude has enough money to literally give everyone free school, forgive everyone's student loans ever, and end world hunger all at once. And he's fucking trying to colonize space. Yeah, Ooh, he's trying to like, get to the moon. Or, like, he's trying to, like, go to Mars or some not, shit. Instead of, like... They're trying to get off the planet here. just as it starts to, like, really go to shit. Like, yeah. they really just want to get off the planet. It's bizarre. It's almost as if they know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, oh, this is depressing. <laughs> My only solution, kill 
Oh, I was going to say marry a rich dude. <laughs> marry Marian. into, like, a royal family or something. Royal families are fucking broke no. nowadays. No, just marry a millionaire. Just marry a millionaire. So, fucking and suck anyways, all the money seduce out. Seduce Jeff Bezos and then murder him. Get into space. <laughs> Kill him. Don't murder Just him. It you'll get caught. Mm. I'm sure they do like hello background checks. They'd before I could even get near him, they would be like, "No, she did a podcast once. Nobody listened to it, but uh, she said she wanted to kill Bezos. <laughs> Eat the rich. I mean, Eat considering that fucking. But I the- could. I could airlock him. I could airlock okay. him in a spaceship. <laughs> I could totally airlock just... him. And then <laughs> every and his body would hit the hit the atmosphere, right? Go like start burning up. By the time it you gets literally to the planet, just interrupted it's Juniper. It's already cooked. It's already cooked uh, in. Your goose is What's cooked. It? Let Jennifer talk. Jennifer, are you drinking LaCroix? Yeah. Oh my god, you turned true Californian, haven't you? I've been doing this for a while. Everybody How long have LaCroix. you been hiding from me that you've been drinking LaCroix? I don't think I can be friends I with you. I haven't anything. I've been drinking bubbly water for six years. Uh, before it even became Aaron, cool. you drink ice. You have no place to talk. I don't drink ice, ice anymore. Ice is just LaCroix with color. I don't drink ice anymore because it made my gastritis mad. Well, yeah. So I, like, I can't really drink anything bubbly. Sexting? I don't... This is my least favorite song. I like all of the songs. It's pretty blah compared to the rest, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just also, say that the top 1% of uh, the richest fucking people have caused 90% of the world's uh, carbon emissions, okay? That is what I was trying to get out. <laughs> Did you get a towel? No. I have a towel. You're just Jennifer. letting the LaCroix soak into the carpet that I'm going to step on. Yeah. <laughs> You're a oh fucking monster. <laughs> it's if that doesn't make it into the shorts, you guys, you... I'm going to be really upset. Because your guys' face in that moment was just chef's kiss. <laughs> so, glossing over sexting, I mean, like, I think what he was trying to get across was, like, we can't hang out with our booze anymore, so we sext because it's the sex. next best yeah. thing. Yeah, well, I've never sexted. It's really uncomfortable. It's not it fun. It doesn't it's not fun appeal at all. to me. 
And also, I don't know. I live with it, my partner, uh, so not having, you know, it's. I'm good. I got what I need. You know, I, you know? I don't know that it appeals to most women. I could be wrong about that, but I do think that uh, men generally just. Like, their brains aren't connecting. And, like, in reality, we tolerate it and let them send the stuff. And then we're like, oh, wow. But really, we're just taking a dump as we text. Because it's I, not... I know a It lot is not of as women, exciting for us. I know a lot of women that have... That really enjoy it. That's nice. And so it's... I mean, to them, they they think it's, like, great foreplay. Get you excited, anticipating what's going to happen, you know? And I, I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess it's the same as reading, like, a fuck book, you know? A book that has sex in it. A smut, a smut book. A smut, a smut book, where, except sexting has pictures, it can, yeah. So, so I've I, never met a woman who has enjoyed sexting, so that's interesting. They're out there. I mean, I've I met think people it, who tolerate it yeah. and then play along because they want their partner or whoever they're texting to enjoy themselves or just to, like, get it over with. That's generally what I do. I'm like, oh, wow. I oh, just, look at it. Look then, at that. It's so veiny. <laughs> yeah, I, but I like, just... I literally asked a man today, because he offered to send me, send me a pic of his peen. Pic of his pecker. Mm-hmm. His little, his little woody wood, um... And I asked, I was like, I'd never know what to say. Like, if you want to send me a picture of your pain, then go ahead. In the knowledge that it does nothing for me, I do not look at a peen and get hot and bothered. But if you want to send it to me, does the act of that make you feel fine, then okay. But what do I say to make you feel better about this? Because... A thumbs up just doesn't cut it most of the time for these guys. <laughs> and uh, I, he said to to say, hey, that looks nice, you know, <laughs> like in a sexy way, maybe. And then I was like, oh, the sexy part confuses me. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. He stopped. He stopped texting me. So. Well, I was I was kind of like when this song was I was like looking at David when sexting was on and I was like Does this do anything for you? And he's like No. I don't he's like I don't get it. I, so I I, I, I think a, there's like equal people on both sides where everyone's like I disagree. Some people I are like, don't uh, I don't think it's equal. I think men think that it's equal, maybe, that they think that know. women really want a good look at their dingling. I I don't think most women are interested 
in my experience when well, I've these, asked or talked about these it. These three women like, are for sure not interested. Yeah. Just we 100% what do you do? know. Like, like, I don't know. I've never I, sexted. Yeah. When I was on Tinder and a guy swiped right and we matched, and the first thing he sends me is a dick pic, it's like, I, like, you won't even say hi. Like, okay, I'm just gonna Hello? unswipe you then. Yeah. I mean, I think Tinder, I, uh, you've already heard, I cannot use Tinder, but, um. <laughs> right, right. Hinge, Hinge is so bizarre because I matched with a person like yesterday or something, I can't remember. And the first thing he said to me, there was no hello, how you doing, nothing. No pleasantries. And he was like, hey, want to meet up? Yeah, random stranger on the internet. I'll just go meet up with you. I'm definitely not going to be murdered. What? I watch too much uh, true crime for that shit. Also, I'm just, I don't, how do you talk? How do you sext? How do you talk he sexy was, to a person? He was, like, talking about, like, emojis and stuff. And I was like, I don't, like, okay, I get the peach. Carrot's a little confusing. I get that. And then, like, the Ferris wheel. Okay. And then, like, the admission it's ticket. It's a little and he, abstract. like, explained that. And then, and then she sent a snowman. He's like, oh, thank God. And I was like, what does what? the snowman mean? I don't, I don't know what I it means. You might be reading into it a little more than he, he intended. I don't think a snowman means all that much <laughs> in the well, grand but, scheme well, of things. Well, he was, like, afraid that, like, the admission ticket meant that, like, he, like, she now thinks that he thinks her vagina is the size of a Ferris wheel and then he said, oh, no, everything's back on track because she sent a snowman. Yeah, I, th like, I think maybe you're reading into it a tiny bit more than... It was supposed to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's supposed to It was supposed to be absurd. Okay. Well, it did its job. It confused there you me. Go. <laughs> but the part where he said my dick looks like the baby in a racer head, I was like, that is... So funny. <laughs> Have you, Jennifer? You know what the baby in a racer head looks like? Yeah, I do. Oh God, it's gross. Yeah, uh, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, the flash makes my look, my dick look frightened. <laughs> Just it was. His parts were really funny. Yeah. That one yeah. I laughed a lot at, but it's not my favorite song. But also, yeah. all of the songs are just good musically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the next song was Look Who's Inside Again. And this one, I think, is different um, from the other song. Hmm? Yeah, I think this is where he started really um, struggling with his mental health, I think. Yeah, um, because it's not, like, filmed like all the previous music videos. 
like there's nothing really to it. There's no fancy lighting. It's not like telling a story or anything. It's like him sitting on the floor with his keyboard and he's just like in a t-shirt and sweatpants and he's just filming himself recording this song. Mm -hmm. Well, and this song is literally just about how you can't be, um, you, you can't be creative if you're just stuck in a room. Uh, I mean, like, At least obviously, it's really hard. Uh, what? Oh, you're it's really frozen, hard to so be I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, God Oh, there it. we go. Yeah. Um, yes. I, yeah, it is very hard to be creative when you're stuck in a room. Uh, and I think that is one of the most relatable songs as well. Uh, because we were all experiencing that. Uh, maybe not to the extent of like, oh, I have this big Netflix deal and I need to make this mm -hmm. uh, uh, comedy special, but uh, it, it seemed like one of the more relatable songs for sure. Yeah, pretty simple. Because everyone yeah. was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose twenty pounds in in isolation and. Or, like, finish the novel or whatever it is everybody yeah. said they were going to do. And then a lot of people did nothing, and that's okay, too. <laughs> yeah. I did it, I, I did nothing. And I think it's also, he's also kind of, like, talking about how he's, like, he's, like, now out in the world. Like, once he puts this out, he's out in the world again. But he's looking for a reason to stay go back inside again. And so yeah, I the think, outside is scary. Yeah, and then he found it, and then it's like... And I keep thinking about the last part what, where it's like going, saying, like, well, well, look who's outside again looking for a reason to get go back inside again or something, like put in, like, a come out with your hands up. It's like, I don't know if that's talking about how, like, his fans are like, okay, you're back out now. You can't go back inside, so you have to come back outside because that's where we want you now. Might be reading too much into it, but that's... I don't know if he feels, like, pressured that he has to stay outside. I don't know. I, I feel like his onion songs are just real oniony, so they just are, peel back yeah. all the layers. And I guess it peel back all the layers and eat dip them it like in ranch a, and lick that <laughs> off. Mm. Well, it's also mm. yeah. ranch another, onion with some salad fingers. Mm. I okay. Like Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I like touching. <laughs> I fucking hate uh, salad fingers. Okay, so the voices—it just creeps me out. Did the they really so finish that? Because he had a—he had like a little. He finished it, and then he started I, a new project, which is just he, as creepy all, as salad fingers. All I remember is that he had like a a little coal baby. And, uh, from his furnace, and, uh, I don't remember much 
after that. And maybe he killed someone. I can't remember. <laughs> Might be thinking of the other other YouTuber that does animations. I am not. I am distinctly, specifically not. Oh, I might be thinking of someone else that finished a cartoon series, but I thought he finished it and he was moving on to something else. Shall we go on to the next song? Juniper's <laughs> looking up sounds. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, All right. so uh, it the next song was problematic. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, he was talking about the shit that he did back when he was a kid that would be problematic now. But it's also like well, he's he was also why talking no about he's okay. also talking about how <laughs> how uh, I mean, in my opinion, what he was saying was that he is a uh, a white cis man who uh, made some uh, problematic song statements, whatever, in the past, in the, um, uh, just trying to get a laugh, uh, and it's not appropriate anymore, but nobody's holding him accountable, and if he just goes back and he says, oh yeah, that was super shitty, I'm being accountable, then that's, uh good enough but he's like kind of playing on that where he's like that shouldn't be good enough people should yeah. keep me accountable and he's also wondering like why people aren't keeping him accountable right and it, it yeah. kind of remem reminded me of like the cancellations of 2020 on YouTube and how like all the stuff in the song he said was like exclusively from some of the YouTubers on there I mean, to you be know. fair, some of those YouTubers, they do too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it just, it sounded, the song, it sounded like a fake apology. Like how a lot of YouTubers do fake apologies. Yes. Yeah. Or like yes. celebrities do like fake apologies. So that they can keep their sponsorships. Yeah. Yeah. Polo really like Laura anybody Lai. that has. Laura Lee. Laura Lee. Yeah. Or, or like, Shane Dawson, or Jeffree Star, or a Manny MUA, or everything. Everyone. Uh, what's that guy's name that uh, swung his friend into a crane? David Dobrik. David motherfucking Dobrik. But he also, like, recorded a video where a girl was allegedly assaulted and posted it up on YouTube. Yes. And uh, the brothers, the blonde Logan sociopaths. Paul. Oh, yeah. Logan and Jake Paul. Uh, they don't apologize because Trisha they don't Paytas, think they do anything also. wrong. They just keep going because those 12 year olds will keep watching them yeah. and buying their stuff. Anyways, 30. The next song is 30. Uh,. He had made a, a goal to finish the Netflix special within six months, and he didn't, and he turned 30, and he filmed it, and it was depressing. It was very depressing. He was just <laughs> this is, so defeated. He was so sad. 
And he was also like comparing to like what his grandpa did when he was 27 versus what he did when he was 27. But it's also like, dude, you got insanely famous when you were like 14, 15. And he He's had been a in like movies and TV shows. Like she I wrote produced and directed movies. Yeah. And they have all have like really good scores. Like, 98% yeah. on Rotten Tomato. So it's like, he has accomplished so much. And the fact that we, like, well, it's kind of like when my parents are my age, they had already had, like, they had a coffee shop, they had a computer shop. You know, they own their own businesses. And it's like, and they had, like, they owned their house and stuff. You know, they finished school. And it's like, well, at my age, I have a house. I have a stable job. I'm still in school because I don't know when to quit. Yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) And so it's like, but I'm also like, I'm in a really healthy relationship. Like, I'm like in a good spot for me in my life, like where I want to be versus. So it's like the fact that he minimizes his accomplishments in this song like dude you did more in your 15 years of fame than I did in the last 15 years of my life yeah and I mean to be fair his depression is showing but um I was just gonna say that his special on uh google google reviews 97% liked the movie Rotten Tomatoes 94% IMDb 8.8 and let me tell you IMDb those reviews the like user reviews that's where you really find the scum of the earth the people who have nothing better to do than to find something and just shit on it for the sake of shitting on it so that's that's impressive that is impressive yeah and I also think 30 is kind of like where the tone shifts in the in the special because everything up to there is kind of like funny and stuff you know it's a it's insightful but it's not like anything serious but it's like once he hit 30 it's like it's kind of like a depression slide from there you know it's like the midpoint of the special which is, like, the midpoint of the pandemic where everyone just kind of, like, everyone was fine, you know. Everyone was, like, up here at the beginning of the pandemic. And then, like, the longer it just held out, like, everyone's, like, mental health just kind of, like, went Declined. down. Yeah. Yeah. And people who have never experienced depression experience depression. So it's, 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 and, you know, people with, and which is interesting. Well, they probably like felt sad stuff, but like actual depression is like it's it's hard to get back from from feeling that low. Well, I think uh, it kind of shows what everyone went through when, because mm-hmm. like <clears throat> in our lifetimes, we've lived through a lot of weird shit. We've we lived have. through like. West Nile, SARS, we've lived through 
Uh, MRSA. MRSA. That was a big thing where we were, but we might just be really disgusting. Anthrax. Anthrax. Do you remember fucking anthrax? I was terrified of anthrax when I was yeah. a kid. And um, Ebola. <laughs> like, we've lived through like all of those things. So then when this happened, I think a lot of us were like, oh, well... We did just have an Ebola outbreak, like, two years ago, so, you know, like, we were, yeah. a lot of us were like, we've lived through this before, we'll make it work, and then after, like, the six-month mark, or even before that, I think. I would say it was, like, after people, the second month. We, we all realized, we were like, oh, fuck, we're stuck in this for a while. Yeah. And everybody who's not wearing their masks and not getting vaccinated aren't helping the situation. We have COVID, we have the Delta variant, and now there's fucking Lambda. I hope you're all happy, but I also hope you kind of die. Harsh. I don't even care. Well, hope you also said that baby boomers aren't dying fast enough, so I don't think you can call Juniper out on Yeah, being well, harsh. that's just, like, a statistical truth at this point. Like, it is what it is. They're really making it hard for the rest of us to get good jobs, so. Yeah. And then they blame us for it when and it's then really they, their and fault. Then they fucking blame us for it. They're like, hey, why don't you get a better job? It's like, hey, hey why don't you die? <laughs> Retire, at least. Like, do me a fucking solid. Just leave the workforce already, you piece of shit. Yeah, they're actually... Economists are actually really worried that when baby boomers finally retire, there's going to be too many jobs and not enough millennials to fill them. And then the market's just going to fucking crash. They should have thought of that before the baby boomers bottlenecked the entire fucking job market like they've been well, saying for the years that we've created people aren't having kids anymore too nobody yeah. wants kids because you can't find a job you can't get a house nobody can afford tuition anymore and if you do go to school you're loaded with student debt which goes back to the first thing you can't get a house because you have too many student loans and you're a woman at the same time, and they won't give you a house if you're a woman and you have debt. It's like, what do they want us to do? And You've caused this whole problem. The boomers. Oh I mean, I don't, I don't want to like. All I'm saying is that Bezos is a boomer. Isn't he? How old is Bezos? Yeah, he's, he's he was born old, in 1964. Right? Like, he's like seven years younger than my parents. Yeah, he's totally a boomer, right? Yeah, he's a boomer, yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Look at all of the one percenters right now, and I don't mean millionaires. I don't mean people who make like 500 thou a year or whatever. I mean the billionaires and trillionaires. Are they boomers? I'm betting they're boomers. I think they're mostly boomers. I think a good percentage of them are boomers. I'm not gonna make make a statement because I don't fucking know. I don't know. I mean, I'm pulling that out of my ass, but I think I might be right. <laughs> it sounds Shall right. We, uh, 
Shelly anyway, uh, which one are we on now? Uh, shit. Don't wanna know. Shite. Oh. Don't wanna know. Don't wanna know. Oh, are we on don't wanna know? No, I yeah. thought we just did don't wanna know. No, we, we just, just did, did 30. 30. Alright, so the next song you're gonna talk about was don't wanna know. Yes. Okay. He is singing about how you're watching and he's asking if you're having a good time but then he's like no I don't actually want to know and then stuff like that yeah he's asking all these like these questions like do you like it is the show too long is it too mm -hmm. short am I on in the background like are you watching mm -hmm. it or whatever and he's yeah. like I, I don't want to know because he's, I think he's just terrified of what the answer might be. It's called anxiety. Yeah. So I think this song is anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> Fair At enough. its core. <laughs> yeah. Now shit. Yes. Shit. This is a song I related um, to the I most. I can't remember. It's literally when he's telling yeah. people that he feels like shit. It's the one where he's laying down, right? No, this is the one where he has all these bright lights coming up from behind him. And he's like, ladies, do you feel like shit? Tell me, do you feel like shit? And they're like, uh-huh. And he's like, oh, fellas, yeah. do you feel like... Where he's literally just A saying... A big duffel bag full of shit. <laughs> shit. He's like, I haven't like showered in the last nine days, so I'm... And he's like, and I smell like shit because I haven't showered in the last nine days. It's like the epitome of like where you are in like your depression. Where it's like it was you, uh -huh. definitely a uh, pandemic song. <laughs> yeah, where it's like you can't, you don't feel anything other than shit. And so that's like because you, you and because you feel like shit, you don't feel like showering, you don't feel like taking care of yourself, and you feel like shit. It's. And he's just asking yep. everybody else if they feel like shit. Yep. Relatable. Everybody feels like shit. Except for the rich people. Yeah, they were doing okay. Fuck. Hope they die. Okay. I hope no rich people listen to this podcast. Oh my stars. Rich people. <laughs> we're too poor for them, Hope. They would never... Next song. How do you guys feel about Jeff Bezos' ex-wife donating a bunch of money? I don't care. Do you guys think, like... I don't care. Um, I don't think like, about it. I don't care. Her, good for the charities and stuff, but also, like... She's not doing it to be good. She's doing it to, like, I don't know, make herself feel better. Or to make herself, That's like, as a... That's how I feel. I think it's she just, got out of a... 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 What do you... Uh, what do you, what do you call it? A bad relationship, a, a marriage. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're getting divorced. <laughs> she got out of a marriage with a really shitty person, and the only way she could make herself like be able to sleep at night and not have to like feel like she has to cleanse herself after sharing a bed with that bald bastard she still gets she a lot of money. money like it's yeah sure, she's donating like, a lot of money but she has a shit ton of money left over so it's like i don't fucking care like yeah. group for the charities i just it seems insincere you're not 
disingenuous. Me. Just nope. like Californians. <laughs> Moving on. The next song is All Time Low. And this is where Bo Burnham... Uh, this is the one... Yeah. He, I mean, it he, is what it is. It's the, his all-time low. He's sitting there and he's like, um... So, yeah, I am not doing well. Yeah, he's not in a good place. It was Got a feeling in my funny. body way down deep inside me. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It, yeah. Yeah, poor guy. Well, welcome With to all the of internet. his money. Um, yeah, welcome to the internet. This is the one I've seen the most reactions to with people talking about, like, oh my god, he just, he got the internet. And it's like, he's been, he knows the internet since its conception. You know? Like, yes, he knows the internet. He's been on it. And just how, and he, and he understands how fucking warped and twisted it is and how easy it is to get lost in all of that garbage and how social media, like, I don't know, it just kind of bombards you with all this information. Like, he uses the example of, here's how to make pasta, here's a nine-year-old who died, and it just keeps going, like you're scrolling through your phone, like you're not even stopping, because it doesn't, it doesn't phase you anymore. Uh-huh. Social media... That's, you know, I had a conversation um, at a dinner I went to back in Moscow after one of my classes, and mm -hmm. I was talking about this concept that people have been theorizing for a while because they've no noticed a pattern in people's behavior when it comes to social media because they're being exhausted by all of the news being bombarding them all at once because yeah. it's like one terrible thing after the other it's like global warming uh that kid needed a wheelchair and his insurance wouldn't cover it and like black lives matter and oh another person died because a cop decided to shoot and mis mistook their fucking gun for a taser or something um, and you're just, like, constantly bombarded with it, so you have to shut down. And, like, I find myself doing it all the time, where I see another terrible thing happening, and then I'm, like, swipe. Because I do not have the emotional capacity to handle that. Well, it was, like, 2020 was just a year where, like, shit just went down, you know? Like, Everything I think a lot like more people boiling point. Yeah, and especially with the BLM movement last year, when everyone's like, oh, these are like the biggest protests that have happened since forever regarding the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's like, yeah, people aren't like they're they're not going out. They're not talking to friends. They're not doing anything like they usually do. And they all they have is like the news feed and like people were finally paying attention to what's happening and it just just it just fucking erupted to the point that it did. 
You know, because people well, are finally listening. And I mean, people have been talking about this, like, social media exhaustion that's been happening for a long time, way before yeah. COVID hit. And so I wonder if during COVID, even people just really felt it. Because you're already in lockdown, you can't leave your house, or you mm-hmm. have to work during the lockdown and you're you're sacrificing your health and well-being and your family's health and well-being so that you can go, like, flip burgers for some really ungrateful assholes. Um, like, you're already in such a shitty situation... And then you see, oh, Japan had a giant mudslide. Or, oh, Florida had an entire fucking apartment building just collapse out of nowhere. There's like 115 people under the debris. And then... Germany is underwater. And then, like at the beginning, because it just didn't stop, man. Like, we get COVID... And then we go in lockdown, and then there's a fucking insurrection at the White House, well, and Black Lives Matter. Started, it started with almost World War Three happening in January of 2020. Like, I don't know if people understand, like, how fucking close it was Jan- January of 2020 last year. And then it's like, things just kept escalating from there. Like, nothing stopped, like... Australia was fucking on fire for months. And, and, you know, it's like all this shit was happening all over the world. Like, it wasn't just here. And then, yeah, and then, like, you had, like, this election was the most exhausted and stressed I'd ever been for, I think, anything in my entire life. And It was rough. And way closer than it should have been. Yeah. And then the whole uh, insurrection, or as it's called as a a, a putz, a punts, where it's like a coup. We could call it a coup. It's not technically a coup because a coup is a backed up, militarized um, takeover. Well, I call a bunch of, like, police officers... And military members marching up to the capital and trying to get through. But it wasn't authorized by the military. That's kind of what a coup is. It's like the government and the military authorized this movement of activity to for an insurrection. Where it puts is a group of people, militants, if you want to call them, where they, they just want to overthrow things and they're not part of the government or the military or the police force they're just individuals and so it's it's just it was a lot last year was just a lot but then he also goes into like how this generation is like not our generation but you know gen z is just sucked into the internet like since they've been two that's all they knew was the internet Mm -hmm. and knowing about technology and stuff uh, the next song is Bezos 2, and it kind of goes like this. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos, Jeffrey Bezos, Jeffrey Bezos, ugh. And then Jeffrey Bezos, 
Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. Congratulations. You did it. Yeah, and the last one's congratulations. It's great. Um, So that's that. (laughs) And then there's that funny feeling. Yes, which I really like. It's a nice, calming song. Well, it's not calming. It sounds calming. But I just, I don't know, I thought it was like a nice break from mm-hmm. the last previous mm-hmm. songs. But also, um, Bo Burnham can sing and play the guitar, so I don't know what he was talking about in the beginning of the song. Where he's like, I don't sing very well and I don't play guitar very well. And it's like, you're a liar. You're very talented. Yes, you can. <coughs> We'll see. All eyes on me. That's this, my personal favorite, aside from. I mean, I shit. think it's the most popular song that's come out of this. Well, Can, because it's a good. It's a. It's a bop. Like it's. It's good. It's catchy, and then also, like, the way he filmed it was pretty uncomfortable so because he's like all eyes on me and then it just like goes into his eyes and he just stares into his soul yeah it's like an extremely close-up of his face at the beginning of his song of the song and i kind of i don't know if you guys get it this way but i thought it was a great visual representation of what an anxiety attack feels like. I can see that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's, because a lot of people are saying it's kind of like the sequel to his song, um, the I Can't Handle This Kanye's rant, where, like, he's telling the audience, like, my mental health is declining. I can't handle this right now. And he's talking about the relationship between him and the audience. And it was like right after that song, it was, I think it was like right after that song on the special, he, he quit comedy and canceled the rest of his, his tour. Okay. So the next song is Goodbye, where he says goodbye, where, where he says goodbye. Yeah. He decides he's done with the with the special. Oh, I guess we should have said that like before All Eyes on Me, mm-hmm. he kind of tells the audience that he's not doing good. He's not doing well. And then it goes into All Eyes on Me. Yeah, and now he's just done with it, with the special. Mm-hmm. And then Any Day Don't Now. Any Day Now. Any Day Now. Any Day stop any day <laughs> that's it that's all the song is <laughs> hoping the, hoping yeah. the pandemic ends any day now yeah so Erin what are your feelings after um, watching it I don't think I've had emotional whiplash since um I binged watched the David Tennant's last season of Doctor Who or no, not even then. I was emotionally whiplashed, and I felt I don't want to die. I don't want to go. Don't bring that back up. I just, I, I felt so depressed afterwards, 
and I felt extremely emotional and I was crying like really hard like I just I don't know like I felt everything and like at the end I felt nothing just empty tired well yeah you go into that special thinking that it's gonna yeah, just be it's funny co- it's labeled as a comedy special and then it's like it's not a comedy yeah. special yeah I mean and yeah. it is funny yeah what about you guys yeah. hope what did you feel I just thought it was a funny special. <laughs> I went into it, I watched it, and I was like, this was really fucking mm-hmm. good. And then I closed my computer and I went about my life as usual. I didn't have any visceral reaction to it. Although I will say, it took like two or three watches before I like started picking yeah. things out. Because we know that his songs are onions. So, Mm. like an ogre. Maybe it just took me longer to feel things. um, Because I saw a lot of reactions where people were, like, sobbing Mm -hmm. after it. And I was like, wow, I really missed out on that existential crisis everyone is having because of this. I just thought it was hilarious. It reminded me of his last special, Make Happy, where, like, I watched it. And the 95% of it, fucking hilarious. And the last 5% of it, which was the Kanye rant or can't handle this. And I was just like, when he said this, this stuff he said, I just kind of like started, like I just stopped. And then I kind of just like started crying because I was like, I don't know. He makes me feel a lot of feelings that I'm not comfortable feeling. Yeah, I I don't have that reaction because I feel like I have an appropriate amount of distance between my Mm -hmm. emotions and celebrities. And I don't need them jacking (laughs) shit up uh, because... There are men in my life who are already very good at that. I don't need someone I've never met it was to just, fuck my shit up. It was it's just already so happening. jarring. Like, it was nothing else, like, in his special. And it was, I think that's, like, what really caught me off guard. It was, like, there was nothing telling me that this moment was going to lead up to him telling the audience, like, I love you, but I hate you. I need you, but I fear you. And it's like, and he just kind of like puts, puts in Bo Burnham fashion, puts his heart on, on a plate, gives it to people. And it, I don't know, it just, I don't know why I had a visceral reaction. I don't cry out a lot of things. Going through something right now, so I'm pretty much crying at like literally everything. I think, I watched a lot of his inter- the interviews he had with people and I think it just kind of helped me put things in perspective when I watched it again. How terrified he was to, like, come out of his hiding. Like, the last scene in Inside where, like, he comes out of the house and it's, like, a soundstage. And the audience is laughing at him as he's trying to, like, break down the door to, like, get back inside. And it's just kind of, like, I don't know. That kind of, like, broke my heart because it's, like, he doesn't want to be back outside. But he feels like he has to be. It's gotta 
a real Truman Show yeah. feel to it. What about you, Juniper? How'd you feel after watching it? Well, I don't know. Probably similar to both of you guys. I mean, uh, I thought it was funny. Um, I can also super relate to uh, his anxiety and depression mm -hmm. and stuff since I've been going through that um, same thing through the yeah. pandemic. So, I mean, I can relate to that a lot. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, I didn't really have, like, any sort of, like, emotional reaction. Maybe it's because I'm medicated. <laughs> wonder what that but, feels um, like. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm not medicated. I didn't feel anything at Usually, all. Usually, like, I'm the dead one on the inside. Uh, yeah. But I'm just... I mean, I could definitely relate to what he was saying. I've had horrendous anxiety since I got to California. I hate my job. I want to... I'm trying to get out as quickly as possible to, like, help my anxiety a little bit. But I still, at the end of this, was just like, shit, that was funny. I mean, we're all a little dead inside, right? <laughs> I'm the most I dead. Think, I think you've won that <laughs> trophy now, Hope. I think you're more dead inside than I am. I'm excruciatingly <laughs> dead. That's why I'm on oh him. <laughs> Only because Tinder doesn't want you anymore. Crispy bacon. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I think about that. I wasn't a bot. There was a person <laughs> behind the bacon. So, did we... Alright. Did we like Loved it? it. Um, yeah, I think we did. Yeah, I... Loved it. Yeah, that was pretty much answered. Um, so next next uh, podcast, we're going to be reading Pride and Promiscuity by Ariel Sure, I know. We'll go with that. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, should be better. Way better than a uh, fucking mortal Handbook whatever the we were trying to read before. I just she kept switching between first yeah, person and third person book. and it's like why don't you just do third person and then she did this thing where like now the character can read fucking memories and it's like why didn't you just write it in third person? And what about the girl that slammed her into the concrete wall? I just It's all about the love triangle. I'm just Aaron? this book made me so mad. Like <laughs> I was yelling I was yelling at David all of my frustration about this book at him and he's like I think the feelings you have for this book are too intense. You're here. You need to be down here. Here normal. Like just mm -hmm. And I think I think it was supposed to have a a book deal and also a, a movie. She said it was going to be turning into like a movie that. before it was supposed to turn in, before like any movie deals were made. Because it was supposed to be a script. It, it was, was supposed to be book. a movie script. And then the script became too fucking long, so she turned it into a novel. But she doesn't like to read, so she thought a fucking editor would fix all of her fucking problems. Because editors are just... Fairies with magic wands to yeah. fix your problems. Poof. Grammar. 
Like, mm, getting real heated, yeah, yeah, lazy writing. Dumb. And then, and yeah, and then she said, "This, the sec, the movie's coming out in 2018." And guess what? It's fucking 2021. There's no movie. It's 2021, what? bitch. It's it just. Oh, God. Okay. okay, that was. Yeah, terrible book. We didn't do it for yeah. a reason. So, yeah, even we won't read that. Okay, that was my rant for the book. I feel better. No, no, I don't feel better. I'll probably still yell about it at David, right. and he'll just stand there and just look at me like I'm fucking nuts. Yeah, that's fair. That's so fair. Well, I'm Ooh. tired. I'm going to bed. So yeah, me too. We'll talk to you guys yeah. next time. And I'll talk to you ladies probably sooner than we do the next podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Who Wrote This Shit. Our cover art is done by our very own Juniper Harvey Morose. Intro and outro music by Riley Tennyson. Editing by Aaron Poole and Hope Harvey Morose. You can follow us on Instagram under girlsbook3. If you have book recommendations, please feel free to email us at girlsbook3 at gmail.com. If you like the show, please rate, review, and share it. Episodes will also be uploaded to our website.